welcome to yet another episode of Careless Whispod, the podcast where we strive to answer the question, islands in the stream, that is what we are? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the podcast where we serve up juicy nuggets of uh, little pop facts from some of our favorite songs. Um, basically, uh, we came to the realization that all we really do yes. is just save you the time of looking up Wikipedia genius and song facts. Basically, that's it. And I mean, look, people are busy now. Yeah, people that's are right. busy. They don't have time. Uh, but we are sad, lonely men. But look, that that gives. Are we not men? <laughs> oh well, we are Devo. Yeah. But um, that gives people the blueprint, like, because now episode three, yeah. I'm just guessing because we haven't dropped any of the episodes yet. <laughs> we're, we're this. But, uh, you know, we've probably gone Hollywood a little bit, probably taken offers. And By stuff. now, the movie offers are rolling in. Exactly. Um, but people are going to want to take the, you know, we're going to pass on the torch because we're going to be so busy with all the movie offers and all that. Movie kind offers. Of stuff. So now we know all we have to do is give them the links to Wikipedia, Genius and Song Facts, and, and it'll be like we never left. I believe the children are our future. We're empowering the people. We're going to teach them well, and, and you know we're going to let them let lead, them the, lead way. the way. Yeah. That is not the song we are talking about today. What is the song we're giving to them today, Gary? Uh, we're we're going we're gonna to bring the listeners a higher love today. Uh, a higher a spiritual love. episode. Yes. We're going to get uh, all pious on your asses. Uh <laughs> Steve Winwood's High Love. Uh, I'm Gary, by the way. We should introduce ourselves. I am Jeremy. Just simply Jeremy. And I'm, I'm just good old Gary. This is Careless Whispod. We are talking about Stevie Winwood's Higher Love today. <laughs> yes. Um, as you said, a spiritual episode, Gary. Mm. And, uh, well, look, a bit of an interesting one that uh, on, on, the, on the podcast this week. Yes. He's an interesting character, is Steve Winwood. Now, I'd hazard a guess, compared to a lot of the other songs that are on uh, our uh, playlist, in, in our magical hat, mm. uh, as it mm. were, uh, to pull out and discuss... Um, I think this one's a little bit more, well, I want to say obscure, but it's not. It was a huge success. Massive. But I think if you were to walk down the street and ask people who Steve Winwood was, I don't think they would they really be know. They wouldn't be able to tell you. They, you could even say, do you know this song? And I, I don't think they'd get it just from the title. People might recognize it from hearing it. Mm. I remember you added this to the playlist and I saw it on there and I was like, what's that song? And then when I played it, I was like, of course. It's, yeah, it's it, it is one of those songs that was a, a huge success at the time that it came out. But I mean, let's let's give a little bit of background maybe on Steve Winwood. An old Stevie boy. old Stevie boy. Now, Steve Winwood uh, sort of... You would recognize his voice from Spencer Davis Group's Give Me Some Lovin' yep. and Keep On Runnin'. Mm-hmm. Two fantastic sort of blue-eyed oh, yeah. soul tracks. I believe he Give joined... Give Me Some Lovin', what a fucking track. I believe he joined when he was 14. 14? Yeah. Um, then he left and sort of formed uh, Traffic, the band Traffic. He also did... Uh, and this is sort of how I'm most familiar with Steve Winwood is through an uh, album... Uh, called Blind Faith. Uh, the group was called Blind Faith. They did one record, and it was Steve Winwood, Ginger Baker, Eric Clapton, and another bass player that no one really cares sure. about. Um, but if you can go and just as a document of a classic 70s recording, this was after the uh, fall of Cream, I think. Sure. It was um, basically Cream and Steve it Winwood. It was basically Cream and Steve Winwood, um, which is a fantastic record. 
Um, Steve Winwood is also, he's a multi-instrumentalist that's also very well known as a sideman, and I had no idea some of the stuff that he had played on. First and foremost, he played organ on Hendrix's Voodoo Child. I mean... I mean, that's incredible in in and of itself. Imagine just being around Hendrix uh, around that time when he was at his... his Absolute peak, you know. But I mean, if that wasn't enough, he played with the the late, great Howlin' Wolf, blues legend Howlin' Wolf. I love Howlin' Wolf, yeah. He's played with Lou Reed. He's played with David Gilmore. Robert Palmer, my my close <laughs> personal friend, Robert Palmer. Oh, he's going to come up a couple of times in this episode as well. Well, I'd like to think I'm immune to this stuff, but uh, <laughs> look, you're going to have to face it. Oh uh, yeah, George Harrison. Yes, um, my man, Billy Joel. Oh, good old BJ. Phil Collins. Nothing like a bit of BJ. <laughs> nothing. Oh, like and a, Phil. Nothing yeah. like a bit of PC. Yeah. Um, wow. And Paul Weller as well of the Jam. So some absolutely amazing credits there. Um, how did this do in the charts? I mean, we were talking about. We've just been talking about how it's sort of one of the more. It's again. It's so, it feels so weird calling it obscure because it was a massive hit. It right? was a massive hit for Steve Winwood. I mean, this was his fourth solo album, but it was his first number one single. Wow. Uh, so, so this was in uh, 86? 86. It was on the album uh, Back in the High Life. I think he'd sort of just moved back to America then or I something like that. I believe so, yes. And he, he played most of the instruments on this himself, he, I think. He did. He did have a bit of a backing band, but he is a multi-instrumentalist. He's mostly known for the keys, yeah. but he plays mandolin and guitar and bass and uh, you name it. Man he, of many talents. Yeah, yeah. But uh, it charted in number one in the US, and yeah. I think it peaked at 13 in the UK. Wow. Uh, but yeah, his first number one billboard hit. I'm getting the impression, UK people, hard to impress. Wait, they're, they're, they're not buying this uh, American stuff. I think, I think, but, but he's British. Well, that's true. You know, so how, how it, it kind of is kind of viewed as more of an American kind of. It sounds. Song, it? it sounds more American, doesn't it's, it? It sounds very American. Uh, it was preceded by uh, Papa Don't Preach in, ah, in the charts in the number one spot by Madonna. Yeah. And uh, after it, w- it was knocked off the number one spot by Bananarama with the track uh, Venus. That's a shame, isn't it? Yes. It's a little bit of a shame. Yes, indeed. But I mean, yeah, so exactly. It got to number one, you know, in yeah. 86. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, but we were talking before. So, yeah. So Stevie uh, wrote a lot uh, wrote and recorded a lot of this himself but what i didn't know is that he didn't write the lyrics to this i don't think uh yeah well, he, or it was, it was a collaboration it was a collaboration with a with a writer called uh, will jennings now this guy has had a, a bit of a career himself he's he's mainly a writer mm-hmm. uh he's he wrote the lyrics for my heart will go on by celine dion for the movie titanic so, I mean... Again, you'd love to see his royalty check. Totally. I mean? No matter what you think of that song or Celine Dion or whatever, it's a pretty That's big a big song. Yeah, yeah totally. Uh, but he also wrote for Eric Clapton, of course. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did... Um, he wrote the lyrics of Tears in Heaven, I Tears think. Tears in Heaven. I mean... You uh, see, well, he didn't play the guitar. Let's put it that way. Sure. <laughs> Uh, he had some suggestions, but I think Eric Clapton just said, well, look, I'll do my own thing on this, I reckon. He, <laughs> 
So besides Zed Clapton, he wrote for Jimmy Buffett, Mariah Carey, Barry Manilow, Roy Orbison. Jesus. The list goes on. He he was very prolific uh, songwriter. Man, again, we were talking about this in the last episode, this sort of cabal of songwriters at yeah. that time that were just doing all these hits. We I need... think that's going to have to be an episode. Of Stay the tuned. We're going to have to sort of wander down that uh, At dark least one path. episode. I think there's going to be m- writers that are going to warrant their own episodes. And again, another fascinating uh, thing about this song, Gary, is it did bloody well at the Grammys, didn't it? Uh, It won two Grammy Awards. Uh, It won... Best uh, album. It won... uh, It it was Record of the Year. Record of the Year, well... Because that that doesn't narrow it down to album, because it was just that song. Okay, yeah, yeah. I guess that counts singles as well. Yeah. Well, best male pop vocal. He got best male pop vocal for it. Performance, yeah. And then Um, it got. Was it record of the year? Did you say record of the year? And but what it beat out was I think this is huge ones. This is this is big, right? I think all of them are in our playlist. Yes, they are. Yes. So we have Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel, uh, Greatest Love of All, Whitney Houston, Addicted to Love by old uh, Robbie Robert, Palmer. Robbie, Robbie. Robbie Boy. Uh, That's What Friends Are For, which is uh, was written by Burt Bacharach, well, co-written by Burt Was Bacharach. it really? It was, yeah. Mate, we could do an entire episode on Burt Bacharach, speaking th- of songwriters. I think, uh, I think uh, we've got something in the works for that. I think uh, that's going to happen stay tuned. In, in the future. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, like, Stevie Wonder's on that track. Uh, Dion Warwick, Gladys Knight. And it beat them all out. Beat all of them. High Love beat all of them. It's... Maybe, do you think there was some uh, divine intervention it there? Might have been divine intervention. Yeah. It might have been, yeah. The higher love. Guiding, guiding the, the awards night that night. Um, but, I mean, there was some big uh, players on the song as well. I the mean, most obvious one being Chaka uh, Khan, right? Chaka Khan and Noel Rogers. Noel Rogers. Were probably the two biggest uh, people on the track yeah. and uh, helped it out. Again, I think Nile Rogers could be the subject of an episode unto himself. He, he should be. His his band Chic uh, were oh, insane. You'll they... freak out. <laughs> Listen to it. You'll freak out. Beautiful. Uh, they ha- they actually had the what, a song with the, the most samples ever used at the time. Really? Uh, it was called. It was called Good Times, and yeah, most samples ever used, and they, music historians often say that it's because of songs like Good Times, where they used all these samples, that kind of ushered in hip-hop, like modern hip-hop as we know it, because they use a lot of samples in that stuff. Yeah. Uh, in fact, going back to our last episode, uh, something that I forgot to mention, I can't go for that, no can do. No can do. Uh is one of the most sampled uh, songs in hip-hop. Is it really? Apparently so. That's what I read. If you believe the internet... (laughs) I mean, no one would lie on the internet, surely. (laughs) I I find it... I mean, why would they let them put it up there? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was... This is a completely aside, and again... And a subject for perhaps an episode sure. uh, on its own is sort of sampled pop music. You yeah, know what I mean? that's, a, that's a good idea. Which is interesting. But I was listening to some um, uh, craft work yesterday. All right. And I think it was... Uh, I forget the album. The one with uh, Pocket Calculator on it. Is it Computer... 
world or Man. something about machine. Man, machine. Man, machine, computer, computer, robot, love, world, robot. love. Yeah. What is this thing called I think, love? I yep. think uh, I was reading that in craft work, which should be added to our list. Yes. Uh, Spent most of the 80s and 90s, I think, in litigation with most of the hip-hop dudes that ripped off yeah, their right. albums. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so, I mean, but that's, that's a really interesting point where sort of pop music starts to morph and sort of pop will eat itself, you know what I mean? It's sort <laughs> of uh, sample what comes before it. Yeah, right. Um, before we move on to the video, the only other little tasty morsel sure. I've got for you this week, the drummer... John Robinson. John Robinson, yes. And I was so excited. You just couldn't hide it. You I just couldn't me. hide it when I realized that he was a drummer for I'm So Excited by the Pointer Sisters. He was, yes. And then we've sort of realized that he's played on pretty much bloody everything. He has been in a lot. Uh, he worked with Quincy Jones a lot. And therefore, he was the drummer for uh, Off the Wall by Michael oh, Jackson. Just a small record. Just, you know, you might have heard of it. Uh, but he's also played on songs that have been on a shitload of movie soundtracks. So we got My Cousin Vinny, Vinny oh. Jerry Maguire, Space Jam. There's heaps more. I mean, uh, there's too many to list here. But he's he's been on pretty much every movie. He's, he's a big. He's ever. been on every movie ever. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, do you want to talk about the video? Yeah. Well, the video. Yeah, it's kind it's of. It's been interesting. So, well, hang on. Have you guys seen the video? You go uh, now's the time to go away and watch the video. No, we'll, no, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait for you. So, how'd that cream work out for you, man? Uh, good. Except yeah. I got addicted to it. I don't. You're know. supposed to put it on your. Well, here's here's the thing. Uh, the doctors said that it's actually physically impossible to be addicted to this cream. <laughs> I somehow found a way. It's nuts. Did you used to think you were immune to this stuff? <laughs> but I'm going to have to face it. I'm addicted to crab uh, cream. <laughs> oh, you oh, guys, you back. Are you back? Yeah, okay. Hey, yeah. hey How'd you welcome go? back. Uh, How'd you go? Kellis Thoughts? Whispered. Thoughts, feelings? Um, yeah. So give us a bit of background on this uh, video, Gary. All right. Uh, so... Director had done some other stuff. Well, there were two directors, actually. They uh -huh. were a bit of a directing team. Uh, a, a dynamic duo, as it were. Indeed. Uh, directed by Peter Kagan and uh, I think her name's Paula Grief. It's spelled G-R-E-I-F or two Fs, maybe? Paula Grief. Let's just call her Grief. Paula Grief. So they directed this video. Uh, they've done a heap of vids, either together or separately. They've, they've done videos for Billy Joel, New Order, Ziggy Marley, Iggy Pop. Wow, the Smiths, etc., etc. Yeah, et wow. So they're yeah, they're, they're they're players in the lucrative uh, music video business of the nineteen eighties. Indeed, indeed, and uh, they worked on this Grammy, uh, double Grammy winning uh, hit, uh, "Higher Love." Now, again, I can't help but feel. Look, it certainly is a video clip. It is. It, I I watched it for the first time because we were doing this episode. Yeah. And I just had a headache watching it for two seconds. There's yeah. so many images kind of vying for, for space. It's, it's certainly something that without the music, 
you could stick it on a TV in the uh, Museum of Modern Art mm-hmm. and just put it on loop. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Like it's that kind of video clip. It's a yeah. You got like just the, the cut to clips of dancers, and then it's like a mysterious figure in, in shadow, and then it's the band. But then it quickly cuts back to other dancers and just all these images kind of in the grand scheme of pop video clips mm. i'm gonna be honest this sits probably just above hall and oates private eyes uh, for personally for me i'm gonna put it just under just below right okay look i i see where you're coming from there it's not i mean know, at, le- at least hall and oates the, the private eyes video had a little bit of a comedy factor comedy a, a bit of cheese factor that kind of upped it a little bit for me because yeah. uh, i love that kind of yeah yeah definitely no i see where you're coming from i mean the production quality was probably a little bit larger on the uh higher love but <laughs> sure sure um, i kind of feel like when i'm watching it though it kind of goes back to the conversation we were having uh, and private eyes about like the drug culture in uh in <laughs> oh. the 80s there I don't think it was necessarily any of the members of the band, but certainly the directorial <laughs> I team. I think it was the director and the editor, perhaps. Uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's a pretty chaotic. But what's interesting about that video clip mm. is it's very similar to another video clip. Yes. So, so the two directors, Peter and uh, what's the Good face? grief. <laughs> Peter and Paula. And Mary. And Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Peter and Paul actually uh, directed another video, uh, I think it was around the same time, or it wasn't long after High Love, uh, by Duran Duran called Notorious. Mm. Uh, we watched it just Which is we uh, ironic recording. because the song isn't. <laughs> it, it really isn't. Uh, it wasn't one of their biggest hits, but uh, we watched it we before had, we, we had a viewing. Mm-hmm. And it's practically the same video. I would go so far as to hazard a guess at saying some of the same footage was used, was used in both videos. It's definitely some of that stock cutaway stuff. Go and have a watch and tell us what you think. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait. Uh, so, yeah, what, what's been happening with you anyway, man? Um, I've been put on the spot during a podcast recording. I'm not really sure. Ah, fuck, I That's... hate when that happens. <laughs> And the, the only people that ever do that to someone else are fucking dickheads. I tell ya. <laughs> oh, oh you're back. Hey, back. Yeah, you watched welcome it. Welcome back. Kellis Whispod. Kellis Whispod. Hey. So, yeah, you see what we mean? Yeah. It's, it's pretty similar. Mm. Yeah. Besides look, that, there's not really much else to well, say you know, about, the, about the video. Not about the video, anyway. But mm. we, have, we have come to the most important part of the podcast. That uh, is... Our, my favorite, favorite part, part of the, of the podcast. podcast. Well, uh, it is my favorite, too. Uh, we both love The Money Shot. Yeah, tentatively titled The Money Shot. I uh, think we could come up with a better name. Maybe. It's stuck. Yeah, it's um, going to be The Money Shot. As money shots often do, uh, it's stuck. Often do. <laughs> yes, they are sticky little suckers. They're sticky situations. Thoughts, feelings. Uh, look, my favorite part of this song is right towards the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just kind of breaks down. It's hit its peak. Yeah, yeah. It kind of breaks down to just kind of percussive yeah. stuff. And Chaka Khan comes yeah. in and just uh, belts out a brand new high low. Yeah, yeah. That's my favorite fucking part of the whole song. <laughs> Definitely, that definitely. Ring, that that kind of. I think that's my favorite part too. I, aside from, like, just I love Stevie Winwood's voice. He is such a fantastic tenor. And actually, we uh, were looking at before we recorded, um, 
I found this uh, video of a couple from a couple of years ago. Oh yes, uh, yeah. Stevie Steve singing this song live, and Gary actually reached out to his management. Um, yeah, so I, I've been talking to the management of the bands that we've been covering just to see if we can get anything from the bands themselves. And of course, I mean, now that the episodes have been released and we're mega superstars... I imagine the requests are going to start coming they're, in they're very contacting soon. Us. They're contacting us. But this is like, you know, early days. Early days. This is this is back in our fledgling... And, and they said, look, Steve's not doing any interviews, but check out this live track. And it's just coincidence that Jeremy... That it was the same one. Yeah, found and it and we, sent we'll, it to me. We'll link the, the video clip we're talking mm. about on, on the description. Sure. Um, he has still got it. Yeah. His voice has not changed no, an no. iota. And I mean, it's so common to see... Sort of see legacy acts and they've aged and their voices change and stuff mm. like that. It's to be expected, but his was still there. And he's got quite a high voice, too. Yes. He's still hitting them notes. Still hitting the high notes, which yeah. is a rare thing. Though. He's still bringing the higher love. <laughs> well, that was the, the the thing that I didn't like about that live track. There's no chucker. No chucker. Like, yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, what well, we're, we're talking about Chaka Khan, though, I, I think it's funny they... Everything that I read about this song, they were saying that they brought Chaka in to uh, sing on the track mm. to give it a gospel feel. Yeah, right. I kind of feel like... He already sort of... I mean, it already had that kind of message. Yeah, but, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, is it just because she's black? They're like, oh, that, now it sounds like oh! a gospel song. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh look, we're, we're, we're... we'll leave it to you, dear listeners. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. <laughs> Our lawyers told me to say allegedly. <laughs> but look, yeah, that's the thing. It's sort of. I think Steve uh, Winwood already has quite a gospel-sounding voice. You know totally, what I mean? Totally. Um, and I mean the the, the sort of thematic uh, matter of the lyrics. But hey, I'm glad she's on there. Sure, same here. It and- just get that's a little. Cherry on top. The little mm. icing on the cake mm. is Chaka Khan's appearance there. Mm. It's a little bit of Neapolitan ice cream <laughs> after a lovely steak dinner. Uh, <laughs> I, I just want to kind of bring or up... Or perhaps soup. a little uh, brown sugar. Oh, uh, maybe that's what it is. Uh, it was just one last thing I wanted to bring up about it. I just thought it was funny. The, the religious overtones of the song... It kind of, like, it's really obvious when you think about it and look into the lyrics and stuff like that. But still, it's not the most important thing about the track. You can, I can still like, like myself, I'm not a religious person, but I I can still listen to religious and gospel stuff and really enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I really didn't look too hard into the lyrics. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. They sort of just sort of wash over you you know what i mean um but yeah i see like yeah the lyrics sort of there's songs where the lyrics are ultra important you know what i mean there's songs where the lyrics really drive yeah i don't feel like it's it's a whole package yeah it's a package deal yeah it wasn't like private eyes where the (laughs) lyrics just haunt your nightmares (laughs) (laughs) geez we've gone the sublime to ridiculous in the last couple of episodes lyrically yes but gary it's that time it's that time it's uh what is the convoluted device we have uh, this time to look at the, what song we're going to cover next? Oh, actually, I uh, had something for this. Oh, um, right. Yeah, I actually... Hang on. I'll go and get it. Uh, 
Listeners. Jeremy's left the room uh, to bring out some mystery. See, I got this actually. Actually, actually, uh, a mate of mine. Oh dear. So see, see, uh, sale of the century. I just happened to borrow their. uh, I thought that looked familiar. Their their wheel. I thought it'd be nice to have a a bit of a wheel of a wheel of fortune. Right. Um, And. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. Just from looking at this, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm picking up something yeah. here. Mm-hmm. When the wheel lands yeah. on the song, uh, yeah. uh-huh. we're we're gonna play, do, uh, do yeah. for the mm-hmm. next one. Uh, it actually sounds like I'm playing it on my phone because I've shuffled the playlist. Is that correct? Oh, you've got your phone. Yeah. Why yeah. don't we just use your phone then? Yeah. Well. Okay. I'll get. Let me get rid of this. Yeah. 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 Let's just use your phone. It is a bit of an eyesore that right, thing. Okay. Yeah. Alright, let's, uh, let's just use the phone. Let's just use the phone. Alright, okay, we'll use the phone. <laughs> Alright, listeners, so here we go. We're going to hit the shuffle. We're going to make sure the volume's up. And here we go with the shuffle. Let's see who can guess what the song is before it plays. Oh, and... Oh, oh shit! shit. You can get your money for nothing by Dire Straits, ladies and gentlemen. Money for nothing, chicks for free. Oh, one of the greatest introductions to a rock and roll song of all time. Oh but, man! But we, oh, we got to. I better press stop before yeah, I have to pay we, for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So next episode, join us while we talk about Dire Straits as money for nothing. This has been Careless Boosbod. We'll see you next time. I've been Gary. I'm Jeremy. See you later. Bye. Uh, but he also wrote for Eric Clapton, of course. Yeah, yeah, uh, he did. Um, he wrote the lyrics of Tears in Heaven, I Tears think. Tears in Heaven. I mean... He uh, said, well, he didn't play the guitar, let's put it that way. Sure. Uh, <laughs> he had some suggestions, but I think Eric Clapton just said, well, look, I'll do my own thing on this, I reckon. <laughs> he actually uh, pushed Eric Clapton's kid out the window to inspire <laughs> <laughs> I left a pause at the beginning of that. Edit point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I might keep that in. Uh, <laughs> besides- Easter egg. <laughs> Easter egg. <laughs>